This is Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. Cross Hope is broadcast daily and shares five minutes of hope and encouragement from the Word of God. Our companion website is www.crosshope.org. Now with today's uplifting message, here's Randy. Somebody asked me at the beginning of the series, why are you preaching from an Old Testament book called Jeremiah? And they even said this, I thought it was interesting, they said, Jeremiah is so old-fashioned, 1800s sounding. I said, it's a lot older than 1800s, believe me. It's B.C., before Christ. And I told them this, I said, the reason I'm preaching from the book of Jeremiah is that it's totally applicable to 2020. Particularly what I'm going to say in a minute, I'm going to tell you what Jeremiah tells the people of Judah, the southern kingdom, capital of Jerusalem. It's so applicable to your life and to my life in 2020. Here's the capsulized version of the message. I've been doing this a lot lately, and I think there's a good reason for it. I want people to know right at the beginning where this is going. The people of Judah, listen to this, paid no attention to what the Lord said to them through Jeremiah. That's what it says. They literally paid no attention. But when the city's under attack by an army from Babylon, you know what they do? They send somebody to Jeremiah and say, please pray for us. Please pray for us. Do you get the irony of that? We don't pay attention to anything the Lord says, but boy, when we're under attack... We're going to ask somebody to go to the prophet of God and say, pray for us. Well, you've done that. So have I. Where we've ignored what the Lord has said to us directly through his word or indirectly through a message. And yet when there's a crisis in your life, in my life, what do we do? Lord, have people pray for me. Pray for me. And that's exactly, exactly what Jeremiah is talking about today. In the 37th chapter, we're in the 37th chapter, the first 10 verses. By the way, if you're looking for names for a new baby, you've got somebody in your family expecting, these are great names you can use. Zedekiah, son of Josiah, was made king of Judah by Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. He reigned in place of Jehoiakim, son of Jehoiakim. Twins there, Jehoiakim and Jehoiakim. Neither he nor his attendants, listen to this verse, nor the people of the land paid any attention to the words the Lord had spoken through Jeremiah the prophet. King Zedekiah, however, sent Jehuchal, son of Shelemiah, with the priest Zephaniah, son of Masiah, to Jeremiah the prophet with this message. Please pray to the Lord our God for us. USA Today newspaper years ago put an article, the top five things people put off until the last minute. You ready? Number one, house chores and yard work. Number one. Number two, holiday gift shopping people put off. Number three, making doctor or dentist appointments. Number four, people put off calling relatives. Well, I'll get to him tomorrow. I'll get to her next week. And number five, changing the oil in the car. Those were the five things that people put off until the last minute. I'm going to give you another one. Number six, listening to the Lord God Almighty. 
I don't want to be arrogant. I don't want to be presumptuous. I really don't. But every week, the Lord is speaking to you through His Word. When we open up a passage of the Bible, Old Testament or New Testament, and we say, this is what the Lord says, and you hear that, I've got an announcement to make. You just heard from the Lord. Because I say so? No, because the Word says so. There is a power in the Word of God that most people don't recognize. When we open up a passage of the Bible, Old Testament or New Testament, and we say, this is what the Lord says, and you hear that, I've got an announcement to make. You just heard from the Lord. Because I say so? No, because the Word says so. There is a power in the Word of God that most people don't recognize. There's a psychological power. There's spiritual power, obviously. And there's a physical power to hearing the Word of God. I have been moved when I've heard someone share a verse of Scripture, and I said, that speaks to me. That's my situation. That's my need. Gary Ezzo is an author who wrote about men and dads, and he said, I once asked my daughter Jennifer what she thought were the biggest problems fathers have with kids. You know what she said? Dads have too many tomorrows. I'll play with you tomorrow. I'll talk to you tomorrow. She was right. Dad, you must be there now for your children, building quality and quantity benchmarks of trust. Don't wait until tomorrow or you'll end up wasting too many todays. Wow, what a story. Don't wait till tomorrow. you end up wasting too many todays. I just think the irony, if I could go back to verse 2 again, the irony of this, I want you to catch this. Neither he, the king, nor his attendants, nor the people of the land paid any attention to the words the Lord had spoken through Jeremiah the prophet. Verse 3, King Zedekiah, however, sent Jehuchel, please pray to the Lord our God for us. I want you to do a personal experiment. If I did this publicly with you and me, it would be embarrassing. So we're doing it privately. Has there ever been a time in your life that you've ignored what the Lord has prompted you in your heart to do, to say, and then you turned around in a situation and said, have the church pray for me, Randy. Have people in my Bible study group pray for me. Have my neighbors pray for me. We've all done that, and I will admit it too. We want to ignore the Lord and say, Lord, I'll listen to you later. I'll follow you later. But boy, right now, I need you to hear my prayers. Following up with that illustration of Gary Ezzo, here's a great story that came out of the books by O. Henry. Some of you remember reading O. Henry years ago. He told of a young lady whose mother had died. When the father would come home from work, he would fix their dinner. He would sit down with his paper and his pipe, put his feet up on a couch and read the paper. His daughter would come home and say, Dad, would you play with me? He would say, Honey, I'm too busy. Just go out into the street and play with the kids there. That went on for so long, the little girl took to the streets. I think you know what I'm talking about. She became what we would call a streetwalker, a prostitute. Eventually, when her soul appears in the story by O. Henry, by the way, not in the Bible, eventually 
her soul appears at the gates of heaven. And Peter, the apostle, says to Jesus, here's a streetwalker of the day, a prostitute. Shall we send her to hell? Jesus said, no, let her in. But go find her dad. The man who refused to spend time with her, the man who refused to play with her and send him to hell. Now, biblically, I can't justify that story at all. But does it speak to anybody? Yeah. An old story written by an old author from years ago, Henry, spoke words of conviction to every man and woman. Don't be a person who asks for the Lord's help in a crisis but otherwise, I'm done with you, Lord. I don't have time for you. I've got places to go. I've got people to see. I've got things to do. I don't have time for you. And that's a, a malady I think that could be true with all of us. How many of you are familiar with a man who died recently by the name of Ravi Zacharias? Yeah. Probably my favorite preacher after my favorite preacher, Ben Hayden, died years ago. Ravi became my favorite preacher. He said this, that the greatest longing that people have, I'd never thought about this, is for acceptance. The greatest longing that people have, men and women, young people, is for acceptance. And the greatest fear that people have is rejection. And I want you to think about those two words in terms of your life, your greatest longing for acceptance from other people, from family members. And some people feel, get this, they don't even have acceptance from the people closest to them. Wives who say, I don't feel accepted by my husband. Husbands, I don't feel accepted by my wife. Parents who don't feel accepted by their children. Children who don't feel accepted by their parents. And he said, those are the two greatest things in life, the greatest longing and the greatest fear. And he tells this powerful story that I'd never heard. He said he had met Leighton Ford, the brother-in-law of Billy Graham, years ago at an airport. So they had a conversation in the airport lounge waiting for their flight on the same flight. Leighton Ford told him something that he didn't know. He said, Ravi, you don't know this, but I was adopted as a baby, given up for adoption. Never met my mother, my biological mother. But he said, a few years ago, I decided to find my mother, my birth mother. And he did what a lot of people did and have done. He looked for his birth mother. And after a long search, before computer stuff and all that, he found his mother. Can you imagine how uncomfortable that moment must have been? He met his mother. It was uncomfortable. Awkward would be a, a great word to describe for that first meeting. They talked for a while, and the time came that Leighton Ford said I had to leave. The last thing he said to his mother is this. He called her mom for the first time. Mom, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? And I was thinking, think of all the answers she could have given. Money, help with the rent, help with whatever. You know what she said when he said, what can I do for you? She said two words, love me. That's all I want, just love me. 
I know there was a lot of guilt there. I know there was a lot of pain there, embarrassment, whatever you want to call it, from giving, giving up a baby. And then 40 years later, he was 40 years old when he found her. You can imagine the, the drama of that moment. What can you do for me? Love me. I want to tell you, you've got a God who not only loves you, he proved it by what Danny talked about, the cross. He proved it by what we talked about, the cross of Jesus Christ. All I'm asking you to do today is look at your life and say, am I a man, am I a woman, a young person who calls on the Lord when there's a crisis? But don't mess with me the rest of the time. Don't bother me with your word. Don't bother me with what you're trying to teach in the book of Jeremiah or any book of the Bible. I think one of the most interesting stories I've ever read in my life was written by Betsy Chalmers of Richmond, Virginia, because of what happened to her at a young age and what happened to her 40 years later. She said, I met him when I was 19. I married him at 20, and we were separated when I turned 22. You see, my husband was arrested for and then convicted of a violent crime. He had failed himself, he failed his family, his wife, and his future. But he was my husband. I was mad, sad, disappointed, and frightened, but I loved him. And he needed me, so I stayed. Now, you've got to get this. This woman had every right to leave her husband. He's going to prison, you know, for 30, 40 years, literally, or longer. But she stayed with him. She would talk to him for years, twice a week on the phone for 20 minutes. She'd go see him on the weekends when she was allowed to visit. And she did this year after year, decade after decade. And I want you to listen to this. At 50, now she's 50, I've come to the conclusion it's not the life that I have that defines me. It's the way I choose to live that life. I choose to live it being faithful. That brings me peace. It allows me to have joy, and this keeps me aware of my husband. My spiritual faith has given me the foundation to live this life, not just to survive it. I love that. To live this life, not just to survive it. Faith in a God who has not abandoned me. Faith in a man who loves me. Faith in myself. I believe in faithfulness. Why do I tell you that story about a woman who had a husband who committed a crime at 22? In 50, she's still married to Multiply that a thousand times, and you still haven't begun to grasp the picture of the faithfulness of God. The God who created you is a God who's faithful to you. The God who made you is the God who sent his son to die for you. The God who made you is the God who says, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for you to come home to the Father. What is God waiting on in your life? Is it possible he's waiting for a nod from you? I'm going to start listening to you. I'm going to start listening to these messages that I hear from here or other places. It doesn't matter where. But I'm going to start listening to the proclamation of your word. And you know what God will do when you do that? He'll respond to that. 
God responds, this is brilliant, God responds to the responders. God responds to the responders when you respond to Him. And you acknowledge Him, He acknowledges you. I really believe that's biblical. Being in the hospital three times in the last six weeks has got my attention. It's only been a couple days each. And I think I'm, this, I'm Lord willing this was it, this third time. Third time was the charm because I feel so much better. I had a number of moments in the hospital think about life. You know, when you're in the hospital, you think about the brevity of life. When you're in the hospital, you think of the things, the options, the things are going on in your life. You think about decisions. You think about choices you made. You don't have to go to the hospital to decide to follow Jesus Christ. That's my point. You don't have to go to the hospital to decide God loves me. And he proved it on the cross. You don't need to go to the hospital to find out that God's got a plan for your life that didn't start yesterday and it doesn't end tomorrow. You know, we live in a world now in 2020 of everybody talking about right and left. It's all about right wing, left wing. You ever heard that on the radio, TV? Of course you have. But you know what nobody talks about? Up and down. We talk about right wing and left wing, but nobody talks about up and down our relationship with the Lord God Almighty. Some of you know or remember a name, W.A. Criswell. He was the famous minister of a church in Dallas, Texas, I think First Baptist Church. And he was asked one time, somebody noticed at the church at the time years ago, that a number of people, as they would come forward to give their lives to Christ, they were weeping. And they were struck by that. Uh, Mr. Criswell, uh, Pastor Criswell, why is it that so many people are weeping? And I love the answer that he gave. He said, the Spirit of the Lord speaks to a man or woman's soul and speaks to their life. And unless those people are callous, and unless they've stopped their ears, unless they've hardened their heart, God will speak to them. And he said this, God will break your heart. What a statement. God will break your heart. Oh, what the Lord says, what God affirms when we bear testimony to his saving grace. God speaks to us in the spirit-filled person who delivers God's message. I think he made a good point. You know that God is speaking to you, not because you've got a tear in your eye. It's because you've got a tear in your heart. And you feel it. You feel the Lord is speaking to you, and you may not weep openly. You may not shed a tear openly. But have you ever felt emotion inside you, and you kept it from the people closest to you? Of course you have. It happens at funeral homes all the time. Where people bite their lip, and they go on, and they go in, and they show up at a funeral and they're feeling tremendous emotion and they don't physically show anything, but they feel it inside. The Lord does the same thing with your life and my life. His plan for you and for me is a man, a woman, a young person who says, yes, I will follow you. And I hear your word and I will follow your word. And I'm not going to be like the people of Judah who paid no attention paid absolutely no attention. I think one translation says they didn't even listen to God. 
But when the crisis came and the Babylonian army was building the siege ramps, which means those ramps that so the soldiers could climb up the ramps and go up and over into the city, which eventually did happen, by the way, and they burned the city down. We called upon the Lord in a crisis. Don't wait for a crisis. Look to the cross. Don't wait for a crisis to happen in your life. Look at the cross and realize that's the God who loves me. His name is Jesus. Let's pray to him right now. Lord, thank you for speaking to us from Jeremiah 37. When that person asked me months ago, why are you preaching from such an old-fashioned book of the Bible? I told them then, I tell people now, it's so contemporary. We live in a day where people pay no attention. They don't listen to the Lord, but yet they're quick to say, pray for me. Pray for my problem. Pray for my situation. Ask God to help me. We've seen it in our country historically with 9-11. We saw it with COVID where people are calling out to the Lord, and yet we don't want to have anything to do with the one who is our answer to everything. So make us aware of that today. That's the message of Jeremiah 37. Don't be a person who turns our back on the Lord and his word and then say, but pray for me. You've been listening to Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. For more information about this ministry or to re-listen to any message heard on this broadcast, go to our website at crosshope.org. Be sure to join us at this same time each weekday or listen at www.crosshope.org. Cross Hope is listener-supported and is produced by Cross Hope Ministries, Incorporated.